0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show
1: description to support now.
2: Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Channel 7 opens up on why they had a change of heart about bringing My Kitchen Rules back. Big changes for one of Channel 9's biggest shows and why was TV Black Box deleted by Facebook? And why did it mysteriously return? Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. It's TV Black Box, and we're back, baby.
3: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your borough purchase at burrowcom ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrowcom ACAST. This is TV Blackbox bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Yes, hello
2: and welcome to TV Black Box. Oh, the amount of notes and messages I've been getting about not being on air. None more so than Scott Emerson at 4BC who hosts Drive. I see him every day and he's like, when's the next episode of TV Black Box, Rob? He loves you all. He loves listening to TV Black Box. He loves listening to these people because in the chair tonight, we've got Aaron Ryan coming to us from Perth.
4: Hello, Aaron. Hello, gorgeous people. Lovely to be back after that week break. And even better to to see the so-called regular David Robertson back. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So-called.
2: Mulk is joining us from Sydney. Hello, Mog. Big shout out to
0: MO. Hello. I'm not in Sydney. I'm in Gilgandra, but it doesn't matter.
2: Ah, oh, there you go. Facts. What do we need them for? Sarah Monaghan is live on a boat in Florida. Hello, Sarah.
1: How yep. Just doing? got back from Texas and then we fly out again today.
2: Fabulous. The boat flies?
1: Yes, it's a magical boat.
2: (laughs) And making his long-awaited return since we announced him as a regular panellist, and then he took two weeks off, it's David Robbo (laughs) Robinson. Hello,
5: Robbo. Hello there, Robin. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon to everyone. Great to be back. I just lost my way. I, I couldn't find the computer. I didn't know how to work this <laughs> Zoom thing, but I've worked it out. I found my passwords, got the microphone, got Not my Not sure headphones. what
0: time of day it is.
5: I don't know what day it is. Yeah, well, I don't even know what year it is, but I, I've got my hairspray in and I'm ready to go. This is a video podcast?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, no. let's get into it because it was a star-studded event this week as Channel 7 held its annual Upfront event. Despite being a pre-recorded virtual event, the Network was out to show it has a solid base to be the dominant network in 2022. Despite the fact the schedule is lacking in terms of new programming, executives have played a safe hand with offshoots of known brands like The Voice, Big Brother and of course the return of MKR. Now I spoke to Head of Programming Angus Ross about the schedule, ratings and the change of heart about that very show. Angus, welcome to TV Blackbox. Thanks, Rob. How are you? Mate, I'm all right. How are you? Good. Very good. Very excited. Well, as you should be because it's a very confident Channel 7 at the moment. Uh, We've got a lot of known brands. It looks to me like you're looking at the schedule that you had last year, seeing where the problems were and building on what you had this year and trying to fix that Q1. Would that be a fair assessment?
6: That would be a pretty fair assessment. You know, unfortunately this year we didn't have all the rounds in the chamber. You know, we should have Australia's Got Talent on air uh, right now, which is just slightly annoying to me. Um, however, it'll be back next year. But, yeah, Q1 has been that uh, part of the schedule we need to, need to fix, and that's what Kickstart in 2022 is, um, is all about. It's about coming out into Q1 with proven formats, Dancing with the Stars, All-Stars, SAS Australia, and then the voice spin-off, Voice Generations, combined with the Winter Olympics. And I think we're going to have our most successful Q1 in uh, in a number of years, I can confidently say. Look, it's a very good schedule.
2: The one thing that I noticed looking at the graph of all the shows is that it is all known brands. So yeah. future going into the future... Where do you draw the line between the short-term gains of known brands, which is a smart move, and I'm not having you go at that in the sliders, and developing new formats for future-proofing?
6: Look, I mean, we, we said it, and James has said it, we're out of... We ourselves are out of the program development business. And to be honest, I find it funny when we go, well, where are all the new formats, when people used to give us so much crap for trying new formats, and when they didn't work, (laughs) you'd get get punished. So I don't seem to be able to win. You know, I just want ratings. However, we ourselves are not in the program development business. We are in the market for exciting new formats. And, yes, we still, for the right sort of thing, we may take a chance on it. But you would need to be very very certain about things and to be honest the format pipeline in the current situation in the current COVID situation have not really been flowing mm. there's not there's not a lot of round around but yeah we're we're here ready to pounce on anything that um tickles our fancy and you're you're much more inclined to do that to take some risks if the rest of your schedule is quite stable and settled. And really, you know, we, we've come out and said, I, I, you know, we're into year two of a three-year rebuild. And I can confidently say that we're ahead of schedule in where we need to be. Um, but, you know, come year three, if we're in an even better better shape, you know, you, you start to become to be prepared to take more risks again.
2: Well, taking risks is always a good thing, but in a pandemic is very, very difficult. So I fully understand that. Um, One thing I want to ask about is that you did an interview with uh, Aaron Ryan uh, this year, and there's some confusion over your comments about My Kitchen Rules. So uh, our take from what you said was, and, and this is what you said, it's certainly not anywhere in next year's schedule at this point in time. What changed and was it? Correct. It must have been one hell of a pitch.
6: <laughs> no, I mean, it was everyone who kept saying, Oh, I think the questions I was asked, I said it was a ways off and that it was certainly way too soon for it to be in the 2021 schedule, and that it wasn't in the 2022 schedule at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't anywhere. Interview. It's certainly not anywhere in next year's
2: schedule at this point in time, which is fair enough. Mate, TV's dynamic. Yeah. Things and, change. And I'm not going to take uh, you to at, task. At
6: point, but uh, there's... At that point, yeah. I mean, realistically, Rob, a lot of the headlines that then came out of that interview ignored key things that I said, like, at this point in time, and the show has mm-hmm. been cancelled, gone forever. People ran a mile. Yeah, um, so we did I was quite truthful in that. It, it, it uh, no, you didn't. It was not in the schedule at at that point in time. But what we'd always said with these with these um, shows was that they. They needed some time to be rested. And again, going back to them, you go back to them when you feel more confident, when you feel you've got a track record in reinventing the shows. These shows also are not going to be produced by Seven Studios. They'll be produced by third-party production companies, which just gives you more fresh eyes on the format. But they're going to be shorter, sharper runs. You know, you're not going to. Be, it's not going to be a 50-episode sort of thing, and it's a bit of a back-to-basics, back-to-the-drawing-board sort of thing. Back-to-state versus state, mm-hmm. cooking in people's homes, less tricked up. But from a advertiser revenue point of view, there is still a great deal of demand for cooking shows. And I'd rather go with a known format that was the number one show in television, I think, for eight out of its ten years, than to go and um, try something unproven, which we have done in the past when we're in the development business, and it doesn't always work out. Um, So good brands aren't things that you throw away, and by Mm -hmm. the time it gets to air... It probably will have been off there over two and a half years. Yeah, mate.
2: I'm not arguing with that. There's just some blowback to us saying you guys said it wouldn't be back, and and as we we said what your quote was, and the fact is, I, as yeah. I acknowledge, things change. You're looking yes. at your schedule for next year. Yes. Someone's got an idea of how to get it back to basics. They pitched you some hosts, presumably, and you've had and you guys have changed your strategy. That's valid. Yeah, yeah, And it doesn't change the fact sure. that when we spoke to you, it wasn't happening, but now it is. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I just mm. don't want the narrative
6: to be that we lied or anything. I don't quite understand who does have a problem. But <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, last time I checked, you were free to change your mind uh, in the society we live in. Or unless I'm being in some way cancelled, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I'm All right, we've, we've
2: cleared that up, MKR. Now look, you might as well give me the exclusive, who are the judges, who
6: have you got on your radar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, look, you know what, the phone has been running hot, everybody is on, on the radar and, you know, with uh, it looking like borders are going to be opening right up, we've got even more options mm. than, you know, we could ever have hoped for, so... Look, it will be, um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a fresh start for the show. But, you know, I'm not ruling anybody in or anybody out.
2: Hmm. Okay, so that means judges have not been locked off at this point?
6: No, they have not. Good to know. Um, Look, I think what's extraordinary... I don't even know to say, and I can genuinely say at this point (laughs) in time...
2: I think what's extraordinary <laughs> is what Nine has done with The Voice. That has been one of the big stories of the year, something that theoretically should be a faded brand, and what you guys have done since taking it from Nine, it became the biggest thing. Now, do you think that happened because of what you guys did with it in conjunction with the production company, or was it a lift from the, uh, the Olympics where it got a lot of promotion? What made The Voice work this year?
6: Well, I, I think tonally, it was very deliberately shifted away from what had been done the previous few years on nine, And that was work between our executives and the production company, obviously, uh, a fresh judging panel uh, on the on the show, which completely, I think changed the judging dynamic then you combine that with um, the platform of the Olympics. Now, the Olympics is a great platform, and you, particularly with how people view the Olympics now, you really do reach a very large proportion of the population. So it's a magnificent launch platform. But that just gets people to a show. If the show doesn't meet their expectations, they're not going to stick around. And this was the first season of The Voice in a long, long time where there was no drop-off from episode to episode. Every Mm -hmm. single episode averaged over a million viewers metro, and that had always been the big criticism. Oh, After the blind auditions, nobody cares. The audience drops right off it didn't for us it was massive for us on V as well so i think the changes we made both tonally and structurally you know a shorter sharper run um paid off in this in this instance you know you can you can lead people to something but they definitely won't stay if um you know it's not ticking the boxes for them absolutely absolutely there's no doubt seven has
2: had a great year it's a Interesting uh, competition with nine. Uh, you guys look set to win total people, but nine taking demos. Although I saw that James made a claim about the demos this year. That is obviously including the Olympics. Uh,
6: I'm not. I'm not sure uh, which claim. I mean, you know, with with the if you. Look, Seven will definitely be number one in all people. Definitely, uh, you yep. know, cal- calendar year, survey yep. year, Olympics in, Olympics out. Any which way, we're back to number one in all people. The uh, sixteen, to, uh, and I'm just, I'm just talking from mine because that's what the journalists always go back to. Everybody loves stripping out, uh, you know, the uh, the Olympics. Of course, we never, with sales never strip out their Olympic sales revenue. <laughs> that's <fascinating laughs> enough. enough. <But, laughs> Uh, but,
2: but come but on let's be honest know, it's always it's, been the dumb thing and i, I i've got to say yeah. traditionally i haven't had a firm view because um, you know i reckon you buy the olympics to get the big rating so i understand yeah. it from that point of view but let's be honest yeah. when people have always calculated their their ratings for the year they haven't included yeah. the olympics
6: so, so if you if you strip out if you look at survey year date, and you strip out those two weeks you know, uh, we're we're at um, 18. Eight, we've won 18 weeks for the year. Nines on 13 weeks. We are in an uncatchable position in terms of all people share. Oh, you've won total 16 people. to 39. Yeah, 16 to 39s and under 50s. Uh, again, excluding Olympics, I think it's too close to call. On 2554s, I think Nine will probably just hang on for the year. But for us as a network, we are the only network that has significantly grown share in every one of those key demos and all people. And and that's very um,
2: important. And it's interesting talking to Nine earlier about the whole under 50s demo. And uh, Steve-O said, I've never had an advertiser ask me to place a commercial in the under 50s demo. How do you rate the (laughs) under 50s demo?
6: Well, the the uh, the under fifty demo just seems to be this new demo that's come to prominence this year for some reason, Rob. Mm. Um, that's uh, because it, somebody has started quoting it or been making claims in in that space. Uh, Are Those you know, claims disputed, Angus to... Ross. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they were quite heavily disputed. <laughs> Rightfully so, but uh, you know the, the demographics that uh, you know. I, as a programmer, look at each day. I, I, I look at it, all people: people twenty-five fifty-four, and people sixteen to thirty-nine. Um, those those three demos, and we've grown in um, in all of those. So, you know, that's that's the key for us. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm under fifty overall is a pretty broad group of people. Mm. I couldn't agree more.
2: It's interesting. Yeah. Um,
6: yeah. I do
2: think seven are going to do very well next year, and I do think you're going to have a better quarter one. It's an intense battle between you and your main competitor, Channel 9, isn't it? Um, when yeah. And there's no doubt, uh, you, you know, you go through the highs and lows as a programmer. Uh, how are you sitting now? You you certainly go through the times where you're probably tearing your hair out because it's the only industry where you get judged Every morning. So, how are you feeling now as you head
6: towards the home straight for 2021 and look forward to 2022? Yeah, I, I'm feeling good that that seven will be back to number one this year, and I'm feeling good about that growth about across all those key demographics. Uh, like I said, we're we're in year two of a three year plan. James is, you know, pretty uh, relentless on us uh, achieving, uh, you know getting back to number one. Like I said, I think we're we're ahead of schedule at the moment. I, 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 as a programmer, you always feel like you're a couple of shows short. The great thing about next year is that if we get all those shows locked and loaded, we will, for the first time in three years, have a full deck to roll out. Um, and that for me is about, you know, what's what's most exciting you know when we lost agt we had to roll out the the last couple of weeks of the voice a bit Mm. differently i don't you know uh, haven't had a um i mean hey hey it's saturday did fantastic business for us um on sunday night but uh, so AGT, AGT, agt was supposed to be sitting there for 10 weeks on a sunday so i'd love to have Everything there, and have the optionality that we were intending to have mm. in how we, um, you know, roll the schedule out this year. But you know, if we can achieve that next year, I'll be absolutely stoked.
2: How can I convince you off the back of the success of Hey Hey It's Saturday to bring variety back to Australian television? Do you feel that we could ever get back there again?
6: Uh, I th- I think for the the right uh, variety show. I mean, you know, th- these things. Particularly with the um, you know the talent involved, you're often looking for for, for lightning in in a bottle, or you know a lot of these final shows take a long time to to develop, and you know need to be um, you know carefully uh, protected until they hit their hit their stride. So it's it's um, you know and, and and hey hey, the way that developed obviously didn't get you know dropped straight into prime time or anything like that. So a lot of these things require patience. Hmm. I mean, they're not not cheap television to make. I love I love it when critics, you know, on blogs and things, re- always refer to cheap reality and that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's never been. When you're paying more, twenty
2: million for the voice for
4: a it's, season, it's never it's been not cheap. more of an oxymoron.
6: <laughs> che- cheap reality is a freaking myth. <laughs> like seriously, seriously. Um, no, for the for the right show. I mean, we 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 went. Um, uh, we went very close um, uh, a few a few years ago with um, uh, the the um, the ant and deck format. The name uh, Saturday Night Chet Takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We went very close with that, and we're going to do it on on Sunday nights. But it, for whatever reasons, it's um, yes, I saw the pilot for that, way. Angus. So I, I, <laughs> so I would never. I wouldn't rule it out, but I think with something like that, it, it's a Again, it's a lot easier if there's a, a format that has established itself overseas. Um, you know that that makes it makes it easier mm. when you're working with something proven, particularly in that space. Yeah. Well, Angus,
2: look, there's no doubt seven is back. It's going to be a very interesting race next year. Congratulations on all your success. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. So a couple of things. You look at the schedule, and as far as a big upfront presentation, there there wasn't that big, oh, my God, moment, right? It didn't have that.
0: Oh, I think they were hoping that the MKR return might have been that. And for mine, given that they didn't announce judges, it's very clear that it is a late inclusion in this schedule. Uh, And the fact that it's in Q3 or Q4 means that it is a late inclusion in this schedule. So they've still got to cast it. They've still got to get all of the, uh, as in the judges, they've still right, got to yeah. cast the people and film everything. So they didn't, they basically said it was back. That was the only sizzle that came. Um, what I thought was another obviously late inclusion was apartment rules. Their you know, reticked version of my house rules that didn't even make the collage of images for the year's plan. Um, so I think it's an even later inclusion for that to slide Interesting. in. Look, the, the the 2022 schedule for Seven is leaning on their brands that have proven this year to be pretty successful. Um, and in fact, Seven is going to be the number one place for you in 2022 if you want to watch Sonia Kruger. Yeah. Because she's <laughs> on five shows.
2: Why are we so hung up on that? Newsreaders are on the air every night.
5: No, it's The different. fact
2: that she does a, a multitude of shows during the year, I don't care. No, that's I don't that's think different. that's an issue, Robbo.
5: No, no. I think it's different. I think your readers should be people who are constantly there. Uh, they're a constant companion to every night uh, of your week, whether it be a weekday or a weeknight. They're important. They're constant. They should always be the same. Um, when you've Sonia
0: Kruger isn't guiding you through a terrorism scandal. No,
5: no. And I think when you've got Sonia you Kruger, could. who is who is a, a who is a, a you know first class operator. She's a great host. Yes, But I don't know that we need to see her on five different shows. I don't think that she, you know, can can always work across every single format. And I think there are plenty of other talents in Australia that need to be given a a chance. I think five shows across a network is just a little bit much. A lot. Yeah, it's just a bit too much. What's like
1: between her... Between her and Grant Denya, <laughs> there could be like eight other people working. Or Usher
2: Ginsberg. Here's God. the thing. Oh. Networks like to go to people they trust. But let, let's get back to the issue. Sure. What I was saying was you look at Seven's schedule and it, it there's nothing outstanding or, or new in it from that point of view. But my point is it's a solid schedule. And it will most likely make them number one and possibly do very well in the demos. It's going to be neck and neck between nine and seven in the demos, especially 25 to 54 next year. And you might look at sevens and say, okay, it's not the OMG moment as I talked about, but it's the right kind of schedule when you're rebuilding and trying to get to number one and get those advertiser dollars in with safe, reliable brand smoke.
0: Oh, I, I agree, Rob. I think it's going to be absolutely the Battle Royale in 2022 between seven and nine. And I mean, it's been close this year. It'll be closer next year. It's going to be absolutely tough because we saw what they did with the voice. It did massive business this year and you would expect that it will probably diminish a little, but they haven't two bites of that cherry. So I think they should do okay out of it. The, the one big disappointment, quite seriously, the one big disappointment for me out of seven schedule was that, across the entire year, parking Home and Away for a second, that there was a grand total of four hours Australian drama in a wow. whole calendar year. Yeah, wow. That's not People don't watch cool.
2: Australian drama outside of Home that and Away. That is
0: absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. The ABC prove it week after week after week.
4: I think in, ter- in terms of the schedule, though, Seven have done exactly what Nine did, and they're going for the if it ain't broke, don't fix it approach. So they're sticking with all yeah, their yeah. Dancing with the Stars, The Voice, Big Brother, SAS Australia, Farmer Wants a Wife, and then including a couple of other shows like Claremont, which is the four-hour miniseries that looks okay. They'll hopefully want to get back Neil Patrick Harris again to do Australia's Got Talent, um, and they're supposed to be doing Australian Idol next year as well. And their big fall of life. Live too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry,
0: Aaron, they made a big noise about Oz Idol being live.
4: Yeah, that, that'd be awesome. It's good to have the crowds in there. But quarter one, obviously, is a problem for them. So that, so they're now going for the Winter Olympics, obviously, that will lead into the Voice Generations, Big Brother and SAS. So th- they should definitely improve. So if seven are going to win this year in total, people, they'll definitely win next year because they'll have a better uh, Q1. Yeah. And then and – then, It's going to be a knife edge in 16 to 39 and under 50s this year. Um, So, you know, you'd think they'd improve in those two. So it's just 25 to 54, which they'll need to see an improvement on.
2: All right, coming up, we'll look at the big TV news stories of the week, including the social media post that could cost a TV star dearly, Netflix staff in revolt over a controversial special and big changes to a big primetime TV show. You're listening to TV Black Box. Okay, let's get into the other news stories of the week. Because reality contestant turned actress Sam Frost has landed herself in hot water after posting an Instagram video revealing she has chosen to not get the COVID-19 vaccination. The Home and Away star stated she will keep her reasons for refusing the jab private after discussions with her doctor and psychologist, but claims her mental health is suffering after the segregation and judgment the vaccine is causing. Seven responded in a statement saying they encourage vaccination for all involved in the network, but went on to say all Home and Away cast and crew undertake COVID-19 testing three times a week, in addition to other preventative measures. Yep. Sam Frost continues to work on Home and Away and follows the safety protocols in place. Frost has since deleted her Instagram following a massive backlash. Um, interesting, isn't it, Sarah? She went on social media, talked about a mental health, copter hammering um when you've got a network like seven very pro vaccination as indeed all the networks are does sam frost have a long future if she's against the network narrative
1: but if she has it for a medical reason which she said she spoke to her doctor and her psychologist which tells me that there's a medical reason and it truly is nobody's business what that reason is There's obviously a reason she hasn't done it. It doesn't sound like she's an anti-vaxxer. She just has a reason for not doing it. And she's right because, like, as a kid, I was immunocompromised and the doctors said for me not to get more vaccinations because, like, I had full-blown measles, full-blown German measles. When I immigrated to the U.S. and they gave me chicken's box, I spent uh, Christmas Day covered in pox. Um, So it was actually a really big deal for me to get vaccinated And uh, I tried the mRNA ones because the live vax probably would have made me really sick. So a lot of people have legit reasons. One of my best friends in Australia is going through IVF and her OBGYN told her, do not get the vaccine yet until afterwards. So people do have medical reasons, but it is truly nobody's business what that reason is. But if you are now segregated from society because nobody seems to care that you have a reason just that you are unvaccinated and therefore you are, you know, a zombie. So uh, we don't want to touch you anymore. And I kind of see where she's coming from. She probably should have just kept her mouth shut and not said anything at all.
2: But that's the Um, problem, though, isn't it? In a free society, we can't actually say what we really feel through um, bullying and people taking issues. Incorrect. She was bullied off social media, Malk.
0: Anyone can say anything they want. They just have to be prepared to deal with the consequences of what they say.
2: So, Lisa Miller goes on Twitter and just says, um, we've got the Prime Minister coming on, and they can say, well, you're a right-wing hack, you're going to love him, or a lefty, you're going to bash him, whatever, no. and you're a piece of shit, and, you know, they attack her viciously, so she deserves that, No, 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 no. Right, I, that's I, a straw man I, argument at best.
5: Yeah, right? I, that's I think not you can't that compare works. that.
2: No, Twitter can be a vile place and Mate, you can't
0: Facebook just can just say be a place. There's, Instagram there's a place can be a for place. TikTok
2: can be horrible everywhere is shit
0: if you if you engage in the public sphere I'm not saying that anyone deserves trolling if you engage in the public sphere you have to be prepared for the public to say things to you and at you that you don't like that's just how it is no that's fine there's if, no if drama Sam with Frost- people
2: having an issue with the fact Sam isn't vaccinated but let's be honest People go hard on Twitter. So they but, but are no, 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 no. Yes,
5: if, they are. No, no. I'm not saying that it isn't. But if you're going to go it. on the stage, if it. you're going to go under the lights, you have to expect that there is a certain amount of uh, attention that you'll get. Uh, I agree with Sarah. If there if there is a um, if there is a medical condition, an underlying medical condition, whether it be mental health or uh, physical health, then absolutely. But keep your mouth shut. You don't need to then announce to everyone that I'm not going to do this, but I'm. I'm not going to tell you the reasons why. That just doesn't work anymore. Sam Frost is uh, is not. Uh hasn't just gone into the limelight two minutes ago. She has been in the media for oh, years and years and years. She knows so how she this works. she deserves everything she gets. No, no, but she knows. No, no, but there are consequences, like Malk said. So if you're going to come out against the network, so we know that Sunrise has said to uh, their makeup artist, you need to be vaccinated to work at this, on this program. You just need to do that. Then you've got a, a major star on Home and Away, Sam Frost, going, well, I'm not getting vaccinated. Now, where's the, where's the, uh, the fairness in that? Because you've got uh, makeup artists who I'm going to say are earning, I don't know, 67, I don't know, but they're earning a lot less, they're earning a lot less than Sam Frost, but all of a sudden Sam Frost can come out and say well I'm not going to get the vaccine um, and Seven still is going to let me let me work. That's a big deal, Rob.
1: I think she was just trying to be empathetic with other people Correct. who are also unable to be vaccinated and who feel like a pariah in society right now.
2: yeah Alright, comedian Dave Chappelle's new Netflix comedy special, The Closer, has faced heavy criticism after mocking transgender people. And it appears even those working for the company are not happy. Tara Field, an employee at Netflix who is herself transgender, tweeted about the special saying it attacked the trans community, all while trying to pit us against other marginalised groups. Tara had her employment suspended. However, Netflix claimed it wasn't for the viral Twitter thread, but for her attempting to attend a director-level meeting. She has since been reinstated after the company did an investigation and found she had been sent a link to attend the meeting. Now, this is where it gets interesting, Robbo. The the line between posting what you think about a decision the company you work for is making.
5: And look, you can't do it. I uh, I, I can cite both um, ABC and Channel Ten contracts where it says, especially if you're on air, uh, you can't make certain comments, and if you do, you are your your employer is able to say to you, no, you can't do that, or they can reprimand you. Uh, especially if you um, have a high profile, that's a normal clause in a lot of media contracts now, and also in a lot of contracts wherever you work um so i think that just based on that you you can't disparage your employer um there are other ways to do it and it's in your employment contract and that's okay it's a weird position
2: i'm in at the moment if i'm to be honest because i work for 4bc which is part of the nine entertainment group Mm -hmm. but nine have um given me editorial independence when it comes to TV black box. And so I am allowed to talk TV and do the things I do without any heavy handedness from nine, which I think is such a mature decision to make because the feeling they have is I'm working for the radio department. So my commentary regarding TV can stay as it is what they've done. They could have easily said, no, you work for nine. You can't talk about TV at all. They actually haven't taken that approach. It's it's amazing to me.
5: Which which I think is very mature, and I totally agree with you, Rob, I think that that is great management uh, from 4BC and from Nine Radio. Uh, but at the same time, though, if you then went on to Twitter and said that uh, an interview that uh, Neil Breen did on The Breakfast Show was absolutely disgusting and rubbish and blah, 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 well, will 4BC and Nine Radio have you know, have cause to then bring you in and say, well, you can't say that Rob because no doubt it's part of your employment contract. You can't Mm. disparage uh, the network, which I think is okay. But uh, again, if you're just going on a base level contract, sorry, if you work for a company, no doubt it's part of your employment. You can't disparage your employer. Well, the difficulty in Tara's case was that Tara
0: was suspended for joining this meeting of executives. It wasn't for her comments.
5: Yeah,
0: It was for joining this meeting and the subsequent investigation. all happened at the that, same
2: time, unfortunately.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. And, and all of it got conflated together and all of mm. those sorts of things. I, I think it's completely fair in the media industry for people who work for media organisations to have an opinion on what their employer makes, both the stuff they're a part of and the stuff that just other parts of their business makes. Whether or not it agrees with what the employer says, well, that comes down to how good your relationship is with your boss, your contract, and HR. Yeah.
2: All right, moving on. Because Ben Fordham is leaving Nine's Ninja Warrior after five seasons as co-host with Rebecca Madden. The Daily Telegraph reports Fordham made the decision to leave due to his breakfast radio commitments on Sydney's 2GB. Now, look, I spoke to Ben just before recording tonight's podcast, and he told me that while he could have pushed on if needed, the last season really took its toll as he was shooting from 8pm until 3.30am, and then he'd go straight to the breakfast radio show. show. Aaron this makes perfect sense to me breakfast radio is a tough gig and he's in a very competitive market
4: yeah I think this is a good decision all around obviously for himself um you know wanting to spend time with his family and and not being up till three o'clock in the morning and then going to the show but um and one of those
2: rare occasions when they say I want to spend more time with my family and they actually mean it absolutely
4: (laughs) But in terms of also the show, the show's been going on for a while now, and each year they bring back the same contestants, and sometimes it feels like it's just the same thing. The show could do with a little bit of a freshen up. Um, he is absolutely a great host, nothing wrong at all, but just swapping it around a little bit, maybe th- throwing in a few you know, different obstacles, new host, and just making it a little bit freshened up probably would be good for the show anyway. So.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will keep an eye on that one and find out who the new host is in due course. Well, now that we're recording on a Wednesday night, I thought we would change the way we do our ratings wrap. Instead of looking at the previous week, this now gives us the chance to look at the first few days of each week, which is of course when most of the big shows air. We'll still be able to go back to the previous week if there is something to talk about, but this new format will give us a bit of flexibility. And so to Sunday, where it was Channel 7's night, thanks to the stellar performance of Hey Hey It's Saturday's 50th anniversary special, which delivered a cool 1.2 million viewers in the five-cap cities. Nines The Block held up well with 920,000, while 10 Celebrity MasterChef did okay business on 620,000. On Monday night, The Blues took the lead, with The Block continuing to bring in solid numbers, 835,000 in fact, SAS Australia delivered 585,000 for the red team, slipping behind 10 Celebrity Master Chef on 601,000. Tuesday night saw 10 deliver yet another dog with the premiere of the doghouse with just 480,000 viewers in the prime 7.30 slot. Put it down already. Home and Away continues to deliver solid numbers for seven, helping it secure the number one spot for the night, while the block won again for nine. Love Island was soft on 279,000, but we all know nine is making a play for BVOD on that one. The Reds came first, the Blues were second, and Team 10 was a distant third. Mog, let's be honest, it really is a two-horse race. MasterChef, in all its form, is really off the boil this year. Yeah, I was actually really... Yeah, it was a pun.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you explaining the joke. I was really (laughs) disappointed with uh, Celebrity MasterChef. I watched the first episode, and apart from them taking 25 minutes to introduce the celebrities... Um, There was just no tension, really. It was like, cook what you want. And there was a bit of fun and stuff, but it was like, I know it's the celebrity version. I was just unenthused to want to watch any more of it. So Tenor in a difficult position. You're right that the Doghouse Australia did not launch well. That's 480 is not good business. It's not going to do any better than that either. Um, And that hasn't helped their Tuesday night. And then they've got The Bachelorette launching in next week, which is, at this point staring down either hyper drama, which is going to get it some ratings or nothing. So 10 is sunk. Seven and nine are having a good stash. Um, congratulations to seven on the success of the Hey Hey special that I absolutely bagged and will continue to. Um, it's great that they got such big numbers. What a shame that 75% of them were over 55. Uh, it's nostalgia, I guess. Does that matter? Well, it does. I mean, because that if always your, a play no, for older 100% viewers. 100% it does because if, if your target demo is 25 to 54 – and you only get 25% of the market for it, and that's not great.
2: Yeah, but, you know, Nine just told us recently that we should value older viewers as well. Everyone should value older viewers.
0: I'm not saying to not. All I'm saying is the core demographics top out at 54. Otherwise, it's total people, and total people doesn't count to seven and nine or 10.
2: Yeah, look, I think, uh, yeah, I I take your point, to be honest, but... um, I liked that variety did well. Look, it was a pandemic special. It wasn't the ideal reunion special, so I gave it a, um, I I I I didn't criticize it as much as I would have if we were outside sure. pandemic conditions. No, uh,
5: sorry, no, no, that special was god awful. It had no yeah. producer to it. It was no, literally as if we were watching. He hosted it. <laughs> oh, right, oh, right, yeah, gotcha. It was literally as if we were watching a live stream. So my nephews love to watch um, people play video games. I don't understand it, but it was the same thing where literally we were watching uh, someone clicking on YouTube links with with no through line, with no narrative, just going, oh, there's something shiny on that clip, I'll click on that. There was no <laughs> producing to it whatsoever. We're going from um, musical guests and then all of a sudden we're talking about Kate Blanche and then we're going to Dave Hughes and then we're coming back to something else. There's a wonderful television mine that you get so many great stuff out of that. And it just appeared that someone just went, Oh, I like that one. like that one. I like that one. It was ridiculous. It was a terrible show. Oh, it was yeah. very
0: clearly a play to get subscribers for HeyHey.tv. That's it.
2: Aaron. Let's get back to the
4: ratings, what we're talking about here. What's your take on the current race? Well, I think your opener actually was a little bit mean. Um, you, you talked about the doghouse being, you know, a bit of a dog. Uh, well, I predicted it would be a dog and woof woof. Yeah, but, under uh, 500,000. I stand by it. But we're making a big deal about the doghouse doing 480,000, but then just have a little line that says, oh, and Love Island Australia was soft. It was under 300,000. Now, I know that that nine are going gonna to be huge. hang and it's also in a
2: later time slot it's not at 7:30 you're comparing a 7:30 show to an 8:39 o'clock show that's no why comparison. i went soft on love island because it's it's now look i i don't think those figures are ho- anything to write home about but we know online love island's going to go gangbusters if doghouse or whatever it's called
4: does gangbusters
2: online well you know what I'll kiss the dog.
4: I know. I'm just saying. I think five hundred thousand. I mean, SAS has been getting about five eighty six hundred thousand. I mean, it's not like it's getting you know two hundred like making it Australia. It it was definitely soft. The only other thing I wanted to say was um uh, like a number of weeks ago I was very harsh on Nine about the block and said it was pulling down the entire schedule um and being 10th to the eleventh down on the list. I just wanted to say based on what Nine is doing now with the cheating after what happened with the cheating scandal, I 100 stand by those comments. This is where nine should be with the block. Whatever number they get. The block needs to be number one show of the night, non-news. And that's exactly what it's getting now. Um, They are number one each night and not just on the Sunday reveal, but they're being number one, non-news Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, And what happened It started propping up the other shows. The hundred with Andy Lee was now getting over 500,000 at 830 or 845. Whenever it started the weakest link special did. Okay. Paramedics is now up all because the block is now up. So, um you know, I think it's great that you know that the cheating scandal and what happened after that has improved the block's performance, but this is where they where they need to be and they're getting like you know twenty twenty five percent on on um total TV figures as well so I just wanted to say well done on nine so that's exactly where they probably should have been so and with love Island that's very very soft obviously um on linear, but we're expecting next week when we we, we do this podcast that they'll have huge um uptick in total TV ratings
0: milkk. The one thing I wanted to throw in just on, on, in the mix of it, because I, I agree with what Aaron was saying, the challenge for for Seven with SAS is that it didn't underperform criminally, but it underperformed. When your, oh, your, your finale, not the reunion, which aired tonight when we're recording, but the finale where they announce who is the winners and who made it through the course, pulls under 600,000 that can't bode well for the new version of SAS that you're about to launch in a week, that has no celebrities in it. So Mm. as a format, I think it was always going to be a challenge because of the the very um, uh, intense nature of the program. And unfortunately, it just settled into that sort of late 500s and didn't do much better, which meant it was often second, sometimes third.
4: But it's just not appointment television to be watching on that particular night when you've got things like The Master Singer or like um, The Block where, you know, there's something big that's happening and you have to watch the show live. People are then watching SAS, whether it's censored or uncensored or whatever, after the show has actually aired in that slot. And it gets a, it gets a much bigger bump than The Block does because it's just not appointment television. See, that's not so, true
0: because the last few weeks, The Block has done better BVOD than SAS Australia has. I can yeah, show to- you the total TV reports that prove it.
4: Yeah, but I'm not talking about the entire total TV figures. They're getting uh, The bump is about 33%. They're in the 30s, whereas the block's in the 20s. Oh, no, no, no.
0: The bump is there's BVOD and the catch-up, right? So there's two parts. The problem for poor old SS Australia... I know, here we go. The problem for poor old SS Australia is the block is still beating it.
2: All right. Before you guys start to get naked and rub each other up with all the rating stats, Sarah... <laughs> <laughs>
1: trapped at home and they're still not watching TV. That tells you that you need to make better TV because everybody's not watching it.
0: Oh, they're watching other TV, just not linear TV, yeah.
2: I'll take that as a comment. All right, last week you might have noticed the TV Black Box Facebook page disappear from your feeds. Well, we too were confused and later received an automated message that the content published violated Facebook's terms of service. However, we're not aware of what content specifically violated those terms. We contacted Facebook, no reply. We contacted them many ways. So we do not know what we actually did to get taken off. But in an astounding turnaround, we're now back up and running. And Mulk, we were taken off without warning or explanation, and then we were put on without warning or explanation. Um, It's interesting, though. I had a few media writers come to me, ask me about it, and... Uh, we said we genuinely don't know. They were going to Facebook. I don't know if that's what prompted our return or what happened, but I find it extraordinary that while we're talking about Facebook being a law unto itself, as someone as a as a little blog that posts on Facebook about television to get removed with no warning, no explanation, then returned without warning or explanation. That's dangerous to me yeah i had a
0: conversation with the vertical hold guys about this actually uh, on this week's podcast about the fact that this was our experience with the tv black box facebook page um right they rightly reminded us and it's, it's a fair claim because it's free we're the product so they can do whatever they want with it however they want with it in, uh, of course they can the challenge is that i mean we're an independent you know ginormously small uh, in you know media empire We're trying to do what we're trying to do, and we want to use um, Facebook to just help spread some of the stuff we're about. There's a a vibrant community involved in the TV Black Box Facebook page that like to see the content that we publish, and and some of them only watch it or read it that way. Um, It's great to be able to add to our, our reach and what we try and do. The difficulty for us is, as you said, I mean, we're not necessarily making money out of it through Facebook, but how difficult must it then also be for other small independent empires that are trying to run a business through Facebook? And if it can happen to us and we're, you know, three-fifths of nobody, um, the same thing can happen to them. You know, their whole business Mm. could vanish overnight with very little explanation and no recourse.
1: Mm. Well, when Facebook was down for eight hours this week, which I didn't even notice because I don't Facebook anymore – um, but Instagram was down, WhatsApp was down, and a lot of people pointed out if you have gotten rid of your actual website, like because a lot of people in the U.S. no longer even yeah, have, have their page. original website, they yeah. just have Facebook. And if you are relying on Facebook and Instagram to run your business, when Zuckerberg eventually gets beamed back up to his home planet <laughs> and Facebook and Instagram disappear, you're fucked. Like you need to keep – This is a really need good to point. Keep, You need to keep some kind of your own presence that you autonomously own. And even if you use the other things to redirect people back to you, you need to be using every platform available as redundancy because you cannot rely on a free public service that could either boot you off at any second or the FCC decides it is no longer, you know, with their values and shuts them
2: down. And, and Mark, this is a really good point because, yes, your vertical hold friends are absolutely right. It's Facebook is a private company. It's their product. The problem is they have wanted all of us to go and use that product, right? And it's become this major social structure that we all use.
0: There we say ubiquitous, Rob.
2: Yeah, right? And when you can't even get an... A, a, an explanation of why you've been pulled off, and look, we've seen the power. The, we've seen the power of these social media companies. Sky News pulled off YouTube. Right, it's a serious thing where we lose our rights and it becomes dangerous. Mm. And any publisher or business owner, as Sarah quite rightly says, needs to be very wary of relying on Facebook. And speaking of Sarah, it's now time for hatches and dispatches.
1: Thanks, Rob. Beginning with some sad news, a senior production executive at Endemol Shine Australia has died after being hit by a truck in Sydney's inner west. Valentina Joya worked on shows like Married at First Sight and Lego Masters and leaves behind a husband and two sons. ABC News director Gavin Morris has announced he will not be renewing his contract when it expires. He has worked at the ABC for close to 20 years, first beginning as a reporter. The recruitment process to replace Morris is set to begin in the coming weeks. It's a pity you already found a job, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Nine's program director, Hamish Turner, is expanding his role to encompass the director of Nine Now and Programming. Turner has been in his current role since 2016 and in his promotion will aim to continue the success of Nine Now as the leading Australian TV platform. The Women's National Basketball League has secured a new contract deal with the Foxtel Group and the ABC. Both Fox Sports and ABC will feature a live game at 5pm on Saturdays and the remaining games will be broadcast live on KO. Fans of That 70s Show are in for a treat as Netflix announces a spin-off called That 90s Show is on its way with two of the original series creators at the helm. Original stars Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Ruff will also be returning. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches.
2: Thank you, Sarah. It's now time to open the TV Binge Box and find out what everyone's been watching. And just before we do that, guys, a bit of breaking news as we record the podcast on Wednesday night. Squid Game has officially surpassed Bridgerton to become Netflix's biggest series with 111 million views. In just twenty-five days, Hooray! you might remember that. Ne- <laughs> you might remember that Netflix uh, recently released uh, a list of their top shows. Bridgerton was at number one with eighty-five million views in the first, I think it was twenty-eight days. Well, they said Squid Game looked like it would surpass that, and it surely has one hundred and eleven million viewers in just twenty-five days. I'm sure we've all watched it. I know I have. Yep, but, Aaron, no what else have you been watching?
4: Well, actually, that was going to be my first one, um, S- uh, Squid Game, because it was mentioned on this show, and I thought the rest of the world's watching it. I might as well. Watched the first 15 minutes, thought it was a, a Korean type of home and away because it was very, dra- very <laughs> drama-y at the start. And then I thought, well, what's everyone like? Can I ask, to interrupt,
2: did you watch it with um, Korean sound and uh, English
4: subtitles or did you watch it with the overdub? I actually watched it with both, so it was dubbed and then had the subtitles. But the funny thing is that the, the dubbing doesn't actually match the <laughs> subtitles. Which is... No,
2: but seriously, you are doing yourself a disservice if you watch the English overdub version. The acting is terrible, and it does seem like a home-and-away drama. When you watch it in Korean with English subtitles you actually get more of a feel for what it's about. Yeah, but when
1: you watch it in English, you get to be like, no, that's Tokyo, no, that's Amsterdam, because it's the same people who do the voices for um, uh, Money Heist.
2: Ah, Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, but it was just the, sto- the, uh, uh, the story, the storyline uh, of the stuff. I'll treat that as a comment, uh, Aaron.
4: <laughs> no, it was just the storyline. Obviously, it started at someone's home and all that kind of stuff, and then it progressed to the actual the, the Squid Game where they actually went there, and there's all this violence and all this other stuff. But it's just it's an amazing, amazing show. I can't, I can't believe it. It's absolutely awesome. I loved it. Um, mm. Another show I watched um, on Apple TV was called Acapulco. Um, See, the tagline kind of says, 20-something Maximo gets a job as a cabana boy at the hottest resort, Acapulco, um, then soon realizes the job is far more complicated than he ever imagined. That sounds really dumb when, when you you know, when you read that, that's what the story's about. It's not. There's no sex. There's no violence. There's no coarse language. It's actually like a, it gives that ugly Betty. Boring. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's not boring. <laughs> I heard that. Um, it has like an ugly Betty type of vibe to it. It's a bit like that. It's just a really, really cute show. So um, I definitely recommend that one. That was great. Now, for the TV Black Box um, team, I've taken one for the team, and I'm watching Love Island Australia because I'm sure no, no one else what? is. You love it. On yeah. nine keep, Aaron? Yeah. Or nine now? I'm watching it if I'm home I watch it uh live. Um but like tonight I'm going to be watching it on nine now because I'll miss miss some of it. But um oh, yeah, so gen- sorry, Aaron. So generally it's live. Sorry right
5: to keep you, buddy. <laughs> no, no. If you need someone to go, we can uh, stop recording now if you like. You need to go to Love Island for Christ. You're using Love Island as a way to get out of the podcast. Well, and choose a believe, better show, for goodness sake. Can you believe this? <laughs> it's
2: only quarter past six there, Aaron, where
4: you are. Oh, I'll, have to exp- I'll have to explain this later about how... Anyway... Um, but on the show, there's a uh, there's a, one called Aaron and one called Ryan. So there's an Aaron Ryan on the show, which is fantastic. Now look, the show is terrible. The people in it are scraping the, the, the barrel of even being called human beings. Um, they're, Sounds like TV it's, are
0: trash. Oh. <laughs> yet, yeah. yet, TV yet
4: has no heart. Yet <laughs> I watch it and I don't mind it. I don't know what that says about me. They're, these are terrible people, but I absolutely you know, I like the show. Season one was better, it's not as good, but I'm still watching it, so that's that's it. Um, and the only other one, uh, obviously, SAS Australia has uh, finished. I loved it. Normally, I'm not sympathetic with, with a celebrity claims that they've had the bad edit, but it certainly seems to be the case with um, Dan Ewing, and he's been on and Yana and Pittman have been on a few radio shows. In the final episode, the narrator appeared um, that Dan was, was grasping onto his acting skills to try and make a cover story and sounded like an idiot for not answering the actual questions properly. Yana Pittman and others have appeared on radio saying that all contestants were given a cover story, and they all partly used their story, um, but... One of only one of their cover stories, which was Dan Ewing's, actually went to air. But they all actually did what he did. But it just they did what they're doing, making him like a real idiot. Yeah, that
2: story has blown up today. So it looks like a bit of misediting has really come back to haunt them because it's sort of um, it's taking a bit of faith away from the show because it doesn't feel like it's the kind of show that needs
4: that kind of reality tv trickery yeah a little bit yeah i wouldn't have thought that a bit disappointed but dan's awesome um he made it up there with obviously a couple of olympians to at the end there so um so next is the sas australia hell week which is the everyday australian one so i'm curious to see how that's different to you know how they treat the celebrities i'm i'm Maybe it's worse, maybe it's better, I don't know. Do
1: they hate them less? Because they seem to hate the celebrities for the fact that they're celebrities oh. and they need to bring them down a peg or two. So I'm wondering I if I think they're... they'll
0: hate them more, Sarah, because
2: they're not celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, what have you been watching?
1: Um, well, of course, NCIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mark to... Harmon's leaving. I saw that and I'm so... Well, he's still going to be a producer. so <laughs> <you know. laughs>
2: He's still going to get the moolah.
1: And I think that he'll still turn up, like... um, He's doing the occasional
2: appearance. Yeah, yeah,
1: because they always have people pop back in. Um, We watched Billions. Yes. Um, Of course, we watched Squid Games. Uh, I watched Dave Chappelle, The Closer. Uh, We watched Sex Education Season 4. And then the other day, while I was on the aeroplane, just for something completely different, I watched a documentary called The Human Factor, which was about... um, the Middle East peace process, where they're the people right from back in like the Bill Clinton, well, actually starts with George, the original George W., uh, George Bush, and then Clinton through Obama to Trump. And it was following the the peace process of where they're trying to get um, oh, the money. Uh, you know, it was actually fascinating because they actually took all the people who were a part of the peace process and who did all the negotiations and um, interviewed all of them and it was about how it was always doomed to fail because uh while they were negotiating one set of things there was people overdoing the Oslo deal which wasn't very good but it was fascinating because they actually had all of this footage archival footage and all the photos and it was all first hand account first hand accounts and they you know they had Yasser Arafat who's dead now but they had like all of the stuff behind the scenes of like all of these things and it was it was actually truly one of the most fascinating document like mm. documentaries I've watched, and I highly recommend it because it was completely different to what you expected it to be. And, you know, I've been to Israel several times, so I- I'm always fascinated in that anyway. But it was a really, really good doc- doco about how we tried really hard, uh, it didn't work, and the whole thing at the end talked about, like, y- y- It's about the way people negotiate and it's not when you are trying to come together in a deal, you can't say this is what I want. You have to be like, here's what I'm willing to give you. We tried really hard. It didn't work. The American story. (laughs) (laughs) And and that was the thing. The very last line came to once people are so far divided, you can never bring them back together. And it was almost like a prophecy on how America has become so divided that they will never come back.
2: Okay. Uh, I've got to say, and Robbo, you weren't here last time, but uh, I have been watching the Goldbergs based on your recommendation and then Mug got upset that I didn't do it when he recommended it. I'm I'm, uh, I'm off them, actually.
5: (laughs) I I haven't even made it through the first season and I just find it kind of tedious now. I haven't even made it to season two. (laughs) Season eight starts next
2: week. Um, It's interesting you say that on Amazon Prime Video. Robbo, it's interesting you say that I've waned a bit on season three. But I'm starting to enjoy it again.
5: I waned um, on season one, mate. I was, not, I was, it wasn't making me wane enough. <laughs> I like to wane when I watch a show, and I was not waning on this.
2: All right, all right, settle down. Um, my daughter has discovered New Girl, loves that, and that's now on Netflix, not on SBS On Demand. It might still be there, but we're watching on Netflix because Netflix is a much better viewing experience than SBS On Demand, which has great content. Shit website. Um, also been watching a little bit of Big Bang Theory because I haven't had a lot of time lately. I'm really looking forward to the return of Gruen tonight, and thank God that uh, what was it Question called? Ever Question everything. Been. Thank yeah. God that crap is gone, Ski. Yeah, Robo.
5: Uh, okay. Uh, what I've been watching is it's a little bit different. I've been watching streaming platforms. I've been watching YouTube and I've been going to a vortex of old wheel of fortune
6: mm, baby uh, John. with John Burgess. Yeah.
5: Yep. With baby John and old Sail of the century. Tony and that's Barber. what I've been watching. Yeah. Tony Barber. Also Glenn Ridge. Classics. Um, but I promise you, that's what I do. So I fall into these vortexes on YouTube and watch these amazing old shows that were just – remember when Sailor Century was appointment programming it was up against Home and Away mm. um, with a Fortune 5 o'clock for the clock in the afternoon? Oh, don't.
2: The 7 o'clock time slot.
5: Sure did. Yes. Um, so I've been doing that, actually. I've been actually less on your streaming platforms and normal media but really just delving into the vault that is the wonder of Australian television.
2: Excellent, and Malky, bring us home. Thanks, Rob.
0: Absolutely. Look, only four shows I want to discuss tonight. One of them uh, kicked off on ten on Sunday night. CSI Vegas, the fifth in the franchise, and effectively a return home uh, with William Peterson and Georgia Fox, two of the original CSI cast members, returning to the fold. Look, it's chewing gum television. It's it's not going to win any if many awards. But it was pretty fun. Bit of a warm blanket. The thing that just struck me hard was that because they've got a brand new set, um, it was this very expansive, very schmick-looking lab, and the lady in charge of the lab went, yeah, well, you know how it is. We're always underfunded. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there are scientists that would kill for this lab. Like it, it was – and she, it wasn't, it, she wasn't being ironic. It was legit. It was outrageous. So it's chewing gum television, but so fun. Um. I previewed the Hey Hey special, and I wish I hadn't, but I did it so that I could talk about it, and it was a thing. Um, I am The jury is out for me. I finished the first third of the final season of The Walking Dead that was on Fox Showcase, uh, and I kind of like where it's going, but this, this has really traipsed all over the shop, this, this series. There's only um, now 16 episodes left in two more installments to come, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they wrap it up. The big win for me out of the entire week, and I will shout anybody down uh, if they disagree with me, the season finale of Ted Lasso for season two, like chef's air kiss. It was superb. The entire season was superb television on Apple TV+.
5: Do you need to like sport no more? Because I've looked at this and I've watched half the trailer and I think, I don't know about sport. I don't care about sport. Is that something that would put people off? Cause it better put better if me you off.
0: don't know sport, Robo. It's not important. Sport is is a sideline vehicle. Oh, perfect.
5: Perfect. Okay, great. Because that really put me off, but I love that that's what you're saying. Perfect. Thank you.
0: Almost every episode made me cry happy and sad tears.
2: OK, that brings us to the end of TV Blackbox. Don't forget to vote in the TV Blackbox Awards. The first round of voting finishes on Friday the 15th. That's this Friday at the time of recording. Make sure you get to vote as we whittle all the nominations down to the final five for the final round of voting. Just go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the TV industry go to get their news. So why don't you? All right. Thank you, Robo. Thank you, Mog. Thank you, Aaron. And thank you, Sarah. I'm Rob Knight. We'll see you next week on the TV Black Box. Bye.
5: Good night, Australia. Off to Love Island. I'm going to pull something off YouTube. You do it. Do it.
3: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino
2: from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,